Welcome to Let's Face the Facts, the rewatch podcast for the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. Join us each week as we synopsize, analyze, criticize, and ultimately idolize the show. And now, here's your host of Let's Face the Facts, the wonderful David Almeida! Welcome back. It's another week, another show. Thank you for downloading and pressing play. It's another Betwixt-isode. We are already connected via Zoom. I've already got Matthew staring at me lovingly through my computer screen. Hi, Matthew. And I've got David completely fully dressed in front of me. And what's with the disappointment in your voice? And I just, you know, I feel like we've come this far. Oh, wow. I, I don't think it's, uh, it might be better just to stay in the fantasy of your, of your little pea brain there in terms of what, what you think is all going on here. Because you know, anyhow. This week, we thought we would do another Betwixt-isode, and we threw it out to the Tutti Fruities, the folks that support us on the Patreon, uh, that we did this last season. We said, ask us anything, throwing it out there, anything you want to know, uh, throw something at us. And I'm delighted that we did get a few responses, and uh, I thought it would be a great little extra show in between seasons if you and I would answer the Tutti Fruity questions. Are you ready to do this, Matthew? People can't get enough of us, David. Uh, It shocks me as well. It really does. We are practically the office ladies. (laughs) Are we? (laughs) So, Matthew, are you ready? Do you want to start answering some of these questions? I was born ready. James E. asks us, as an actor, or I think actors, plural, um, if you could play any male part on the facts of life, which would you have chosen and why? And then to continue, how would you have played the part differently than the original actor? Um, I, uh, it's so tough to separate. I'm going to answer first. I'm sorry. I'm just going to go. I love Mr. Lazzaroni so goddamn much that I want to be him. I want to play that part, except I'm not 80 years old. It, it's it's trying to, to separate how much I love the character and how the actor played it, because I actually don't want that actor to not be Mr. Lazzaroni. I just love it so fucking much. I, too, want to be Mr. Lazzaroni. Um, and I would not have played it any differently. I think putting a main bred Stephen King character for no goddamn reason in the middle of Peekskill, New York is just, it's almost David Lynchian. It's almost Twin Peaks level. What the fuck is going on here? And yet I goddamn love it. So that's my answer. Mr. Lazzaroni, what do you think? Oh, David, I'm a hog. I have two answers. Do it. Have two answers. I would have played George Clooney. Okay. How would I have played it differently? I would have been way gayer. (laughs) Just because what an exciting time to come on to the facts of life. You know what I mean? And it was a great season that he was there. Yeah. And Um, a great time in the history of America to be an out gay man on television. Right. (laughs) 
But my other answer for more personal, nerdy, facts of lifey reasons, mm-hmm. I would have played her son, Raymond. Oh. First of all, Joel Brooks. I would have played him way gayer. <laughs> Again, with the gay. Wow. Um, but the reason for that is because um, I would have been responsible, David, in facts of life in the folk you. Yes, the folk you. Yes. For unleashing Edna's edibles onto the world. Oh, you, you wanted to be that person. And I'm going to throw another one at you. Another reason I would want to play Raymond. They brought him back for the reunion movie. God damn it. You're right. He's the only like outsider that of, of all the supporting cast of all of the people, they didn't ask fucking cousin Jerry back. Not They mentioned her. They were, they were thinking about her. She's there anecdotally, but no, that's the, oh my God. That is, uh, that is genius, Matthew. That is genius. And I wish that I had thought of it. Thank you. Our next question, Matthew, and this is again in random order, is from Jennifer B. Oh, Jenny. Jennifer B. She asks a question. What advice do you have for new podcasters? Well, my advice, and she's taken it actually, is to have me on your podcast. I know that Jennifer B. is asking this for very, very personal reasons because she has started up her own podcast and uh, has invited both of us to be on it. The podcast is, I believe it is she, her brother, and her brother's husband talking about movies. And it is called, What Do You Mean You Haven't Seen? What a great concept. Let's plug Jennifer B. and let him hear about her show. <laughs> I'd rather not, but I mean, that's <laughs> no- nothing personal, Jennifer. Um, but... It's a great idea for a podcast. They discuss movies like hugely popular movies that they've just never seen. And there are Mm -hmm. so many movies like that for me where it's like, I've never sat through Citizen Kane. I've never sat through The Godfather, for Christ's sake. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever sat through the entirety of Gone with the Wind, if I'm being honest. But I've never seen A Star is Born, any of the incarnations of it. (gasps) Oh my god. What do you mean you haven't seen A Star Is Born? Oh my god, I just said it. Never seen The Way Is The Way We Were. I wow. So, yeah, hard to get through all of Funny Girl for Christ's sake. Mm, but, yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. Uh yeah, so we absolutely recommend Jennifer and her partners in crime for the podcast and um you know, I like to think that we inspired her, Matthew. I think that she loved our show, similar to how much I loved uh, the Ken Reed podcast and the April Richardson and the Dana Gould podcasts. And that's what inspired me to start this. I'm, I'm sure, I, I don't mean to put words in her mouth, but I'm 100% positive that we are the reason why she's doing this. It's what we do. <laughs> So to continue with this uh, wonderful question, if anyone else out there, guys, if you're thinking of doing your own podcast, do it. There is a learning curve as far as the technology. I think there are some apps out there that make it a little bit easier. I can't think of what they are, but I, I knew nothing about this. I'm not a techno whiz, but go ahead and do it. And uh, the first thing I would give as advice is have 
a good sound concept. Have a concept. I have known people uh, and they've been like, oh, I'm starting up a podcast with my friend. Well, what is it going to be? What is the show? Oh, it's just, you know, me and my friend, we're just going to talk about movies and TV and just stuff and whatever. Ooh, that sounds compelling. Wow. The idea of people thinking that just, you know, oh my God, my friends and I have such fun conversations. I'm like, we could record this and put it out as a podcast. I don't know why this friend is a pissy queen, but uh, it's like, I know you think that it's not. It really isn't. Uh, listen to the first five episodes of TV Talkaholics when I release them, and you'll hear why Matthew and I just kind of going on freestyle is like, okay, this was a bad idea. That so, guy sounds like somebody who would just think a podcast of him answering questions would be interesting for people. But if it were questions about himself, uh huh. Mm-hmm. So yes, first advice, have a concept. In this case, this concept, no one had done a Facts of Life rewatch podcast. We've never technically mentioned any time on this show, Matthew, I don't believe that there is another Facts of Life rewatch podcast Mm -hmm. called The Facts of Facts. It is based out of California. And uh, they started literally the week that this started. And uh, it's it was very initially upsetting because I had had this ready to go for probably about a year and I just dragged my feet and uh, was scared and I, I didn't do it. I could have been the first one, but uh, I think their first episode dropped the same week that my, hey guys, um, here's the first thing with me just talking about what my show's gonna be. So uh, anyway, if you want to listen to other people talk about the facts of life, uh, that's that show. Um, But the reason why I did this was because nobody had done it before. There are Golden Girls rewatch podcasts out there. Uh, Many, many of them. We don't need another one of those. I didn't want to make something that someone else has already made. Um, The only other advice is, uh, you know how they say when you write a book, write the book that you wish someone had written for you do the podcast that you wish someone else would have done like this this is because i i thought wouldn't it be cool if someone rewatched the facts of life i would really enjoy listening to that and so you you do it and uh, i love that jennifer has done this with this concept of catching up on movies that somehow got away from you um the last thing i'm gonna say please be mindful of sound quality. I am such a neurotic stickler. Like it's distracting to me when people just take and drop an iPhone and hit a a memo record and put it in the middle of a room that is all tile. And it's just a fucking echo chamber. And I, I can't make it out to me. Sound quality always was very important because I always knew that was something that I liked when I listened to the shows. So um, uh, uh, that's the only other thing advice I would give is just in a more general sense, make it something that's easy to listen to as in simply the, the quality of the sound doesn't ever take away from the content that you're creating. And you want to avoid having people with like annoying 
nasally like voices you know what i mean like <laughs> people with speech impediments people who you know sound like brenda vaccaro at the end of a day <laughs> screaming i don't like to listen to people like that yeah that's definitely a must avoid and uh, the only other thing is uh, that i can think of is just let it evolve let it do what you you do what you want to do with it, but always be free. I'm always surprised when I go back and listen to old episodes, which I'm, I admit I do. Uh, and I'll be like, oh, that's right. I, I used to say that back then. I didn't say that before. And, you know, little just catchphrases and stupid terminology and certainly things that we've noticed about the series that have gone on to become deep obsessions. So I'm just like, let it, let it evolve. Let it kind of, uh, do its thing and listen for feedback, consider the feedback, the good and the bad, and still decide based on what you want to do, not what you think other people want you to do. So congrats to Jennifer B for starting up your own show. And again, happy to plug it here and, and make sure you're enjoying it. Don't, because if you're doing it to try and hope for it to become the next My Favorite Murder, that's just not going to happen. It, it's just, there's... That that is that is so completely rare. That's yeah. So thank you for the question, Jennifer. Now I'm going to go back to a different question that James E sent in, and he actually put this as for Matthew. <gasps> Hello, Jimmy. So he does not want to hear my response to this, and <clears throat> um, that does not hurt my feelings at all, James. But for Matthew, he asks. I love hearing about your celebrity encounters, B. Arthur, Nell Carter, Sally Struthers, besides ones you've already mentioned, which celebrity was the most gracious and which was the least like you'd expect them to be? Hmm. Um, Leslie Uggams was wonderful. I forget who I've already talked about. Leslie Uggams was wonderful. Yeah, I don't think you talked about her, not at length anyway. Um, I met her a hundred years ago and we talked about her rendition of if you walked into my life today and why she's never played MAME and all that stuff and um, just how much I adored her. Um, Andrea McArdle was wonderful, the original Annie. Oh, so you have met the entire cast of Jerry's Girls. Yes. The wonderful. Yeah. And uh, is there an anecdote about Andrea McArdle? <laughs> the time she was on the cruise and she was smoking a cigarette and some little girl walks by and she looks over and goes, Annie smokes. <laughs> <laughs> and the little girl was like, who the fuck is Annie? Um, she didn't know <laughs> <laughs> this 40 year old woman was Annie <laughs> in the seventies. Um, she didn't even know who Annie was. Um, um, I'm trying to think of somebody who was not how I wanted them to be. Or, or was different or unexpectedly nice um, or whatever. Fantasia Barino. <laughs> From the American Idol Experience. Yes. She was a guest at the American Idol Experience. And I didn't say, I, I don't know what happened. I walked in, I said, um, hi, Matthew. And she said, she like put her arm around me and I said, you're just wonderful. And she just 
grabbed me and just hugged me. So that was that was cute. Because um, people don't realize at the American Idol experience every season, when the winner was announced, part of the, the package of all the joys and perks of being the winner of American Idol was you got to go to Disney World and have a motorcade. And they do a motorcade yeah. at Hollywood Studios where the American Idol experience was. So, yeah. Were there any other American Idols that you met? Um, Scotty McCreary. Philip Phillips. I didn't meet Philip Phillips. Mm-hmm. How was Scotty McCreary? Short. Um, <laughs> David told... Archuleta. No, which, which David? David Archuleta. Was, was he the one that won? There were two Davids, weren't there, that were competing? Girl, I don't know. I don't remember either. It was fucking, this was, that was a long time ago. I've told my Tom Hanks story. I'm not going to slander him anymore. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's about it, I think. I don't. Okay. I, I mean, I'm looking at my. D. Snyder was wonderful from Twisted Sister. Um, you just, talked about crying when you saw him. Yes, he was very I gracious. I forget what I've what I've told and what I've. I don't know. Okay. Well, was, if you think of something else. I was introduced to Betty White and I didn't know what to say to her. So I just blurted out, I like animals too. She she looked at me like I was a weirdo. Uh, I like pie. Yeah, exactly. I like turtles. (laughs) (laughs) Marie Marie Callender was a real bitch. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. I, I I'll think of other. I'll I'll try to think of other ones. If you think of another, well, we'll yeah. do it. But no, that was great. Those were lovely stories. Okay. Well, thank you, James E, for sending in your questions. Thank you, Jimmy, for being so interested in my life. Hmm. Uh, so here's a little bit of a change of pace. Rebecca T writes. Mm. What kind of roles do you see bases go for and or get? I have a kid who's grown 10 inches and dropped two vocal octaves since the start of the pandemic, and he's struggling to find pieces for his audition book. Any advice? Ooh, bases go for, what is that? I don't understand. Okay, Meaning, meaning that her kid's voice has dropped Okay. And so because his voice is low, everything, oh, ba- like bass sing. Okay. Bass, yeah. But for baritone. Yeah. Versus a baritone. Okay. That uh, <laughs> Rebecca, this is a question of such frustration as myself, as a, as a baritone or a barely tone, uh, everything pop music. And nowadays, everything musical theater. If you're particularly, if you're young, they assume you need to be a pop tenor. You need to have a high voice. You need to be able to riff. And it is so hard if your voice is naturally low. Um, my own voice teacher was complaining about this, saying that her son, same thing. I said, have you ever worked with him? Has he ever studied? And have you ever done any training with him? And she's like, no, his voice is too low. And he doesn't enjoy singing along with pop music like he did when he was a kid, when his voice was still high. Uh, so it's uh, it's really hard. I have experienced this myself as someone who can only fake a little bit of tenor singing uh, and and not well at all if it's too much like pop music. Um, when you were on the audition team, 
for the American Idol experience. Did you ever have any low-voiced young men come into you saying, what the fuck am I supposed to sing? Sure, sure. Um, and it's one of those things What I would always, you know, I, I would, I have questions. Is, is this person a lyrical baritone? Are, do they have a, he, did she say if he's a pop voice or? No, just musical that his theater? voice, just that he dropped two vocal audits. It says roles. So I'm assuming we're talking musical theater here. Oof. Um, I, I'd look at some, well, this is me. I would look at some Rodgers and Hammerstein stuff they tend like you know yeah you get some john rate um mm -hmm. or the easy pizza yeah your your carousel your um, south Cam pacific camelot um oh yeah camelot's good got chagoulet and like my fair lady like i'm um get me to the church on time it's not technically is as a baritone mm -hmm. um but as a bass god that's tough I would always, you know, give some kind of um, like if somebody was like a musical theater bass or something, I would point out, you know, um, we know who Kristen Chenoweth is. She doesn't have a hit on the top 100. It's just a different style of voice. It's just a different style of singing. Um, it doesn't make her any. And, I, and then I would say I would personally rather be in Kristen Chenoweth's shoes than Beyonce's. Like that's mm -hmm. just my career goal. But um, so. Yeah, yeah. So I, you're right. Career goals are, do they want to be a bass that sings Handel's Messiah in, in a uh, classical setting? They want to do that type of thing. Yeah, that's and, true. But even like Jesus Christ Superstar, what's his, um, what's that character? Well, who's the character in Jesus Christ Superstar? This Jesus must die. That, that person. I don't the, know that show that well. Um anyway but there yeah there are roles out there i think to to piggyback on what you were saying is yeah number one is uh definitely career goals what type of performer does he want to be and and the other thing is um get with a voice teacher because i was a bass bass when i was a teenager and when i got into college and part of the reason why I was a bass was because I had no technique to know how to sing and place my voice higher to be able to do more baritone stuff and fake a little bit of tenor. Yeah. So my thing is now that his voice has changed and dropped, get him to a, a good voice teacher who will at least help him learn, get to know his voice, understand how to use it to its best effect and how to do so healthy healthily without yeah. creating any vocal strain or hurting because i came to training far far too late in my life and i wish i had done it sooner and if he thinks he wants to sing for the rest of his life get the training now it will serve him so well and uh, and the other thing is find a singer that he likes whose music he likes like case in point i do a lot of josh groban in my voice lessons because he's a baritone who fakes a lot of tenor notes and the range is right and the style is not too musical theater. Josh Groban is a little bit more classical training and not very pop at all. He's really an anomaly. Well, or even a Seth MacFarlane um, or a, um, 
Or Frank Sinatra, even. the Frank Sinatra. Who's the fucker? Um, oh, Michael, Michael Bu- Buble. Yeah, Michael Buble. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Harry if you Sonic. like the crooner type stuff, pick, find the styles of music that he likes doing and and find the people who do it and then see what else they've done. And and also don't feel bad because this is like the current Broadway. It's what's in style right now. The current Broadway style is that screlting is mm-hmm. it's got a name now screlting where you're screeching and belting these ridiculous notes. And it wasn't that way. 20 years ago or 30 years ago, there was a more legit sound on Broadway um, with Les Mis and Phantom and Miss Saigon and all that stuff. And then it just moved into this like hairspray kind of like pop scrouching. Anyway. Yeah. No, you're right. It totally has. And yeah, the, you know, the way Adina Menzel sings in Wicked or how all of them sing in Rent. Yeah. And all that. So yeah, I'd say get more important than anything is start technique now. Start the foundations now uh, while he is young enough to not develop bad habits and to nurture the good habits. And a really good voice teacher would also be able to say, hmm, from the sound and the timbre of your voice, this song might be good for you to sing at an audition. Yeah. And then you go into an audition and you just sing to the best of your ability. You just do what you do best. It is up to the people behind the casting table if they think they can use what you have. That is completely out of your control. That's that's none of your business, really. So, um, yeah, I hope that that helped. I, I love being asked questions about being in the biz, Rebecca. That was that was really a, a fun little departure. So we appreciate you writing in with that. Um, another honorable mention, we have a, a tutti fruity named Just Joe, who is a quiz master in New York City and is currently in the process of putting together a Facts of Life trivia night. Ooh, fun. In the city. And I'm like, oh, would I love that. And he did send me a list of questions. And I have to admit, all but one of them, I was like, know the answer, know the answer, mm. know that. But there was one that I was like, I'm not sure about this. So uh, I might post the questions. I don't know. I, I have to continue these conversations with Joe in terms of if he would prefer that I not so that there's no <laughs> things. I don't know. Joe, write to me there. This is me continuing our conversation. But just to make sure you know that I did receive and I really do appreciate uh, the, the list of trivia about the show. It was very, very fun. So I did reach out to also uh, outside of the Tutti Fruities, uh, Aaron Barta. He runs the Facts of Life site, Mm. is the name of it, the Facts of Life site. And I also reached out to David Davis, who runs the Facebook page Facts of Life Fans. Of course, David Davis, I love your name because (laughs) there was a producer writer on the Mary Tyler Moore show that we always saw in the credits. And and I think he co-created Rhoda too. Wasn't Rhoda, Lorenzo Music and David Davis? Mm. So, but David posts these great, nostalgia factoid sheets about all kinds of old movies and uh, TV series and uh, spotlights on specific episodes. So if you don't follow Facts of Life fans on Facebook, I highly recommend it because David puts a lot of work into that. And I do love seeing those in my timeline in between all the crazy, insane, fucked up shit that's going on in the world today. Mm. But Aaron asked uh, a great question. And I have to say also Tutti Frutti, Brian F. 
asked something similar. Brian asked, what are our top 10 episodes as far as our favorites, or maybe we could split it and do five and five. Well, Aaron said, what are your top five and what are your bottom five? So for Aaron and Brian, I have prepared a top five and a bottom five list. And uh, I'm wondering, do, do you have a top five or bottom five you could name off the top of your head? What are yours, David? Maybe I'll agree with them. Okay. <laughs> Which is like doing the work, but not doing the work. Exactly. <laughs> uh, season four, episode 22. You all are not going to be surprised at all when I say, take my finals, please. Yeah. Good. God. That episode is just perfection. Natalie and Mindy Cohn are off the chain. Funny. Like, just fucking hilarious. Really, really top top episode of all time without question now these others uh, the numbers two through five i i did list i'm not sure these are in the order i like them but these are just the ones that made the cut i would put concentration season seven episode 18 that's one of the most recent ones that's where we got that amazing performance by nehemiah persoff as the elevator man with blair and her baby sister and him talking about surviving the concentration camp during the Holocaust. And uh, that was a favorite. Another one, season five, episode 22, all by herself. Sadly, the final appearance of Jerry Jewell as cousin Jerry, but it was that really awesome episode where Jerry had to plan the big event and would not accept help. And at first you think it's just hubris, it's just arrogance and ego. And then when she finally comes clean and she says, if I can't do this alone, people are going to say the handicapped girl couldn't cut it. And I, uh, that surprised me. I didn't expect to really love that as much as I did when I uh, went through that. Um, 62 pickup. 62 pickup season eight recent episode and to get to talk to diana eden about all the costumes certainly not for the plot but for the time frame and the nostalgia of the 60s and how silly it was and how they all got to play a different character just there was just such joy i love 62 pickup and then the last one i'm putting season two episode three double standard that you will recall is the third episode with joe that is the thesis show that Linda Marsh and Margie Peters wrote where Joe goes to the cotillion and the boy attacks her. And then at the end of it, when the chips are down, Blair defends her friend, even though she could have said, I told you so. And that was really the episode where Linda Marsh and Margie Peters said, this is what we want the show to be now from now on. And um, it still really, really holds up well. Uh, any other ones that come to mind for you? Um, just off the top of my head, like in the top five, really in no particular order. Um, take my finals, please. New girl, just because when Joe shows up and you kind of see the show taking form. Oh, yes. Um, <clears throat> concentration is up there. Cruising is going to be probably my number one favorite, but also Brave New World. Um Starting of Edna's Edibles, yeah. Yeah, the starting of Edna's Edibles hit me in the sweet spot. But the bottom five, David, I can't limit it. So I'm just going to say the entirety of season one. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I have that too. <laughs> season one. 
Oh my God. Yep. You hit upon some honorable mentions I did have. Cause I was like, Ugh, to try to just pick top five. There are episodes I love for many reasons. Yeah. Um, I loved out of peak skill, even though it was fucked up and in the introduction of Beverly Ann, Mrs. Garrett's goodbye. That was a great send off for her. And I'm glad she got that, that it wasn't the beginning of the season. And well, ever since Suzanne got married and moved to Japan, yeah, you know, or, uh, you know, that was the designing women or, or worse, the Valerie. Wow. Life yeah. sure has sucked since mom died. <laughs> um, I'm also going to put up honorable mention graduation. Mm-hmm. I still cry when Joe says no more when they're standing there in their caps and gowns. Uh, and one that I'm surprised you didn't mention, I knew you had mentioned Cruise, and that's also in my honorable mention, Seven Little Indians. Oh, that is up there. Yep, that's up there too. I feel like that would be one of your top, top yeah, ones. Yeah, that's going to take the place of concentration, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Seven Little Indians, again, delightful, just because of the fun of them breaking the mold of the, the drudgery of coming up with the same characters and new situations and the, you know, the, the fatigue that is clearly there by the time we get to over our heads. An honorable mention for me, and I'm surprised it's not for you, David, the wonderful episode, The Candidate. Oh, no, no, stop. I will, I will die on that cross. With Blair and the terrible bowl haircut and the fucking kangaroo costume. Yup. And Natalie letting a total psychopath stranger just walk in and out of the store at midnight. Yeah. No, absolutely. Not. Candidate, I'm adding it to my bottom. You, <laughs> thank you for reminding me. I fucking hated the candidate. Well, add that to your bottom. <laughs> but here are some more. Uh, here are some of my bottom five in no particular order. Brian and Sylvia, oh, season well, two, yeah. episode 16. Really any of the backdoor pilots. Yeah. But but particularly Brian and Sylvia was just so uh, oh so ill ill begotten misbegotten trying to come up with funny race humor and uh, yeah um, another room the one where Blair falls through the <laughs> fucking wall from the attic which is next door to the bedroom and then they hire a contractor because Joe is thinking of moving out to pay for an apartment she can't afford when she fucking still owns the store. Mm-hmm. And then they hire a contractor and take out loans. And it, it, no, another room is really, really awful. <laughs> um, oof, it was tough between uh, the two cinnamon episodes. Oh yeah. But I think off Broadway baby. Oh, Elder Barge has to go in the top five. As oh, well. do I? Hmm. Oh, that's one of your top five? Yeah. Oh, heck Do yeah. I? Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. Sexy lingerie. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. So Off-Broadway Baby was terrible. And going through all of the things that made no sense about this Broadway audition, how there were, it was, like I said, it looked like Uncle Jocko's kitty capers yeah. with all the people. You expected some jugglers and flamethrowers and in the background. It was so fucking weird and the fact that Tootie is auditioning for a Broadway show, as is Cinnamon, because there are two types right there that are you would cast them interchangeably. Um, <sighs> the little chill. I love the reunion. I hated the whole thing with Joe, not knowing them when Joe knew them. That was a very, very infuriating 
show Bible moment. Very and, upset about that. And as you said, pretty much all of season one, but in particular for me, adoption. Mm. I remember watching that the first time around. I remember seeing it in 1979, or I think it was, was it later? I think it was one of the first that ran in 1980. And adoption was just the, the fact that they acted like it was her admitting to them that she had leukemia, <laughs> that it was, you know, as Megan Maroney said, when they went adopted, she said, they may as well have said AIDS. Like it, it was treated with such a, the, the amount of shame attached to it. And, and, you know, and reinforced by the girls, not just, it'd be one thing if Natalie felt shame and the girls went, Natalie, what is that? You're still you, we still love you. But it was like, don't you know, I'm adopted. I'm a freak. And the girls are all like, yeah, wow. She is a fucking freak, man. Almost like you could catch it. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Same with Blair and her challenged boyfriend in a different drummer, different drummer where they're throwing the R word around, though that one needs to be mentioned in one of these lists. That's a tough one. The R word episode, different drummer. And yeah, when when we hit upon that was the, it's it's like they're afraid Blair is going to catch it from him. Like what, how can you be a boy like that will make you special? Find another boy who's more fresh. I don't know what the oh. fuck I'm doing. Jesus, Sondheim, you ain't. <laughs> okay, I babbled enough about episodes I loved and hated, and I could go on because we have done upwards of 180 of them at this point. Mm. It's just, it's insanity. Insanity that we are this far along. Do you have anything else you want to mention in those? No. Our final question has been asked by many. It's been asked by Brian, Aaron, Helen M. Uh, Helen, by the way, thank you so much, Helen, for your lovely compliments. She said she loved so many things about the show, um, including you, Matthew. And uh, so, yeah, it was very sweet. But all of them are asking what was asked of us last time. What is next? Why does there have to be a next? Well, I mean, I think what they're saying is they're like, so will, will we not get our weekly dose of David and Matthew? What, you know, <laughs> please, please don't let this feeling end. Thank God. You're welcome. <laughs> but I agree with them that I, I don't want this to end either. I don't want to not do a podcast after this. So um, are you are you ready for me to make the big announcement? Are you, oh, are you okay with me telling everyone this? Is there an announcement? Yes. That Matthew and I have decided what the next show is going to be. Oh, God. Did we? Drum roll, please. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be eight is enough. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> you dick. And speaking uh, of dick, Dick Van Patten every week, all uh, week in your podcatcher. <laughs> uh, we're gonna fill your podcatcher with dick <laughs> uh, oh no Good we haven't decided God. I, i've said it before i really really want to do wonder woman and it's not going to happen if i if i could pick uh i would do wonder woman but it's not going to happen because uh pull up satin tights they are the people doing it and they're doing it right 
there is nothing I or we could do that could be better than the way they're doing it. It would be like saying, let's do The Office because we can do better commentary on The Office than fucking Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey. Right. So that's that's not going to happen. So <sighs> we're still struggling because The Facts of Life was really the perfect show to choose because it was it was a part of our childhoods it has the right hints of nostalgia about it it's um not a show that is universally done and referred to it's done just enough and remembered by just enough people and um yeah i i really really don't know but it is something that is constantly on my mind and uh, to the tutti fruities, I promise you, you will be the first to know. And uh, to our general public listeners, the people hearing this, I, I will let you know as soon as we know. Um, it will be happening sometime in 2023, one year from now. Something will be happening. I don't know what it is. And I'm as fascinated as you to find out what it is going to be. And much like the facts of life, we don't know if it's going to be the full cast when it comes back. No. <laughs> oh, bless. Oh, David. Oh, Matthew. This has been fun. Has it? Yes, because yes, the Tootie Fruities are near and dear to our hearts. They do pay money to the Patreon, and every little bit helps, particularly being underemployed actors during the pandemic. Uh, any little bit of financial help is a wonderful thing. And I so appreciate them. And I always encourage everybody listening. If you want to support the show, please feel free to head over to the Patreon. But if you don't, or you can't, or you won't, we are still going to keep making the show anyway. That I do promise. Okay. Final words, Matthew, ask us anything, anything, anything you wanted to answer that wasn't asked of you. I think I'm I'm good. I think I'm done talking about myself. Uh huh. I I don't think you're good. I think you're great, Matthew mm. Arter. And I love you're that right. we do get to do this. <laughs> and like most times, David, you're right. <laughs> That's true. Uh, well, on that note, I was trying to be sentimental and wax your car a little bit, but oh well, the moment passed. No, it didn't. I love that we do this, Matthew, and I love that we get to do this, and I get a weekly dose of you and your fabulousness, and I also can pull up an old episode and listen to us having fun. Um, it's, it's a wonderful, terrific thing, and I love that uh, this is an expression of our friendship. Oh, talking about a balloon knot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Talking about loaf bread. <laughs> well on that note thank you so much guys for listening to this week's show next week we're going to be doing our 20 questions from mondays with mindy remember mindy Cohn? once upon a time was putting out a weekly podcast uh not so much lately but she had 20 questions she would keep in a cookie jar and we decided a, a fun betwixt episode would be to answer a few of those questions not all 20 will be here forever but Anyway, you have that to look forward to next week, another betwixt episode. Then there will be another release of a TV talkaholics. And then it's going to be get ready for season nine. We're going to get to do our pop culture deep dive for 1987. Isn't that exciting? It is. 
Thank you so much, guys, for listening to this week's show. Thank you, Matthew, for being here as always. And remember, the facts of life are all about our tutti fruities. Aww. Let's Face the Facts was created, produced, written, hosted, and edited by the wonderful David Almeida. Our theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Please visit facethefactspod.com for supplemental photos and videos, links to social media, and ways that you can support the show. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. This is Matthew Arder saying tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts.